0: Hi, and welcome to our podcast on social media and education. So I'm Victoria Arnold. These are. I'm
1: Mateen. (laughs) Mateen and Stephanie.
0: Matina and Stephanie. Um, So we're talking about social media in the classroom, education on social media. So I guess our first question is, what are the positive and negative effects of utilizing social media in the classroom? So while social media platforms continue to evolve, we as educators are faced with the challenge of incorporating what our students are interested in to make learning relevant and engaging. So how can we maybe use social media? What are the positive and negatives of using social media in our classrooms?
1: Stephanie, Uh, you wanna go first?
2: Yes, I'll start out with a positive So, social media can create a community of like-minded people, and our students could feel really connected to one another while they're interacting with learning material. Sometimes the learning material might be really difficult, and to be able to refer to a a friend or a peer instead of going to your instructor can be less intimidating.
1: Yeah, it's a really good point. Um, I will... I will counter with a negative in that um, I think, uh, you know, social media in the classroom, it can be good, but can also be very um, distracting, you know, as we learned from the readings, um, although this is debatable even still, that while social media may not necessarily be uh, addictive, it can be very distracting. So um, the way in which it's utilized in the classroom, you need to be very uh, focused and specific about, and conscious of, of how you're you you are uh, utilizing it in the classroom, right?
0: So I will say that the reading from Tang and Hugh, where they're talking about like all these different research studies done about using specifically Twitter in the classroom, you know, a majority of the studies reported positive learner responses using Twitter as a tool, right? So I think that's really interesting talking about both of your points about it fosters learner-learner education, but maybe it's distracting, but a lot of people are apparently seeing really positive outcomes with utilizing it.
1: And with Twitter specifically, according to the reading, the, the students reported having a really high level of engagement, right? They, they reported feeling, you know, that they were participating more and they really liked it. So that, that's a huge positive, actually.
2: Uh, Something that I found surprising from that reading though was a negative where a lot of students felt restricted by the word count on Twitter, which I thought was very interesting because I thought that would be kind of a selling point of being able to tweet instead of uh, have to write long responses. But one of the findings was that people were actually upset. They felt that they couldn't accurately describe their understanding because they felt very limited.
1: That's a really great point, actually.
2: So
0: when it comes to something like that, perhaps moving away from Twitter, do you think that it would be a more positive environment on something like Discord, where you don't have a word limit, but you still have that interactability of Twitter?
2: I think that's a a really excellent suggestion. And it kind of brings up another question. What social media platforms are you to use in a classroom on the elementary level and then the adolescent level do they differ are they the same
0: yeah absolutely you know I'm an adolescent I'm an adolescent education so we're looking a lot right now at stuff like um Twitter at stuff like Instagram and TikTok trying to take these social media platforms that at you know 15 16 17 years old our students are incredibly involved in right now and they're incredibly interested by, but I have no idea how that would function in an elementary school classroom.
1: Yeah, I think the age of the students uh, matters a lot because of just where they are uh, developmentally and what they can process and handle um, and different social media platforms have a different level of complexity Um, You know, ones that are more media image based, I think, could be used for younger students versus ones like Reddit and Twitter, where it's more dialogue based and really about um, debates and arguments and having back and forth dialogues um, could be maybe more detrimental for younger students, um, especially as I know we've talked about in this class, actually, with Twitter a lot of negativity right a lot of sarcasm um and this is just how dialogue is on on several platforms um which i think is good and bad but it's it's just kind of the the way people will respond uh not in a sincere way so i think for younger students i don't know how good it would or beneficial it would be to expose them to uh things like that you know
2: i agree as an elementary school teacher I don't think I would be using websites like Twitter or Facebook or Reddit in my classrooms. Um, but I had listened to the Leading Lines podcast and one of the guests, Megan, she mentions that she had her kindergartner's blog. And even if it was something as simple as saying, blogging, I like dogs, that kind of reshapes the way I view social media, that it's a much broader term than I initially had thought. And so social media could be blogging, it could be YouTube. It doesn't only have to be the social media sites that I myself use as an adult.
0: And I think that goes back to the Greenhow and Lewin um, talking about the different learning attributes that your purpose has to be learning, right? So you're using learning as a primary purpose, not just, you know, um, entertainment and engagement you know, we're using tools like social media to engage our students and to help entertain them and help them relate to the content. But our primary purpose has to be learning that they're actually getting something from this.
1: I think, uh, I don't remember which one of you mentioned, um, like YouTube, for example, how you are suggested more videos and content based on what you've watched and. Uh, I've noticed this in the classroom that that's a great way to facilitate curiosity and then learning because, uh, you know, you'll, you'll get suggested videos. You're watching videos about airplanes. You'll get more videos um, and it can lead you into a bit of a rabbit hole, but it can be a good one for for young students to get them more interested in a topic and show them new videos and ideas and material and Twitter has this same uh, algorithm, you know, so I think that's, that's, I think that's, you know, a huge positive. Um, well, I think
0: that kind classroom. of goes into our next topic about like what are some strategies to utilize social media in the classroom, right? So you're suggesting utilizing YouTube, especially in a younger grade level classroom. Um, I think that's a great idea, especially like um, what this week we got to, in one of my classes, we got to watch um, some YouTube videos And it was really interesting. But at what point does, in my mind, does YouTube supplement education and what point does it replace it? You know, so how can we responsibly utilize those tools as teachers so that we're still doing what we need to do and teaching our students rather than just having someone on the screen do it?
2: Right, and that goes back to the idea that Social media should be used as a tool, but as you said, not a replacement. And in my own experience with YouTube, it really does that something like that a social media site has to be teacher directed when dealing with younger students, especially because the rabbit hole that was mentioned there's suggested videos that are not appropriate for children to be viewing. So the teacher really has to step in and kind of scan any videos that are being planned on showing um, to kind of counter anything inappropriate being shown to these children.
0: And I think that would go for adolescent education too, right? So I love utilizing social media in my classrooms. Something that I'll do for, um, for some students or for some uh, books and novels is that I'll have my students create a Twitter account where they'll take the persona of that of that character or they'll make an instagram reel or a TikTok for a specific purpose that relates to the class but we have to also be careful that it is relating so we have to guide these activities we provide those examples of other people who have done this before so like even if you don't have other students who have done this before if this is something new that you're incorporating there are always people who have published and posted similar things on the platforms that you can use as guiding examples so that's kind of how I enjoy using social media in the classroom while still being able to guide my students for proper usage
2: well first off that twitter activity sounds like it was really engaging I think that's such an excellent way to connect it and a meaningful way. it's You're not just incorporating it just to incorporate technology, like it checks off that box in a lesson plan. It's actually something that I think could get students excited about learning and also kind of uh, guide them into using a platform like Twitter in an appropriate and meaningful way.
0: So how, speaking of using stuff in appropriate and meaningful ways, looking at the tools we use specifically like social media developed for the classroom so looking at Schoology and Google Classroom right how can we effectively use those in our classrooms like is that something you really use in
2: elementary education? So actually since the pandemic especially uh, most of the schools or classes that I have been in have moved towards using Google Classroom which I personally think is a really good tool. I like that it's shaped like a social media site where there's a feed and then there's the ability to comment back and forth to one another. And it just makes things very organized for our learners. But there are downfalls to using social media sites, uh, even if it is Google Classroom. So for example, I had to turn off comments on my Google Classroom last year because some of my students were just spamming comments like it was not relevant to what we were learning they just like to keep comments to each other and then it gets to the point where it goes past just them socializing with one another and it becomes disruptive to the rest of the students who are trying to read the information that's being posted
0: so when it comes to that um did you provide them with like a model about like what a appropriate comment is in the google classroom yes
2: yeah, so that's exactly okay. what i realized i had made the mistake as the adult, by not showing them clear expectations, I kind of just introduced Google Classroom. And then I realized that uh, we really do need to model ourselves what it means to be a good digital citizen. So I turned off the comments. We had a discussion. I showed them what the comments, what the types of comments I was looking for. And then when I turned on comments again, they actually had used it in a much more meaningful way. So I didn't have to turn off comments after that.
0: So that's really interesting. Like that's how you can get your students engaged and involved in this. And like that you showed them the model and then they were able to take that on their own and make meaningful comments after that. I think that's so cool. Cause you're, that's like a proof of concept, right? That Google, rolled out this thing where you can have your students comment and you're proving that like with some modeling it works but you have to have that modeling there right and I don't I honestly don't think that's specific to just elementary school I think in high school too like our students are so used to an unfiltered social media where they're just saying whatever pops into their mind that like when you introduce these tools into the classroom, even at higher ed levels, you have to show them like what a reasonable expectation is and what they, what it should look like or sound like when they're responding.
1: You need certain because, parameters. You know, you need exactly have, uh, guidelines. Um, and I think I I like Google Classroom. I think all the students like it because it keeps them more organized. You know, it's less papers that they they need to have, and uh, I think it can save a lot of time in the classroom for teaching. And it streamlines a lot of projects and activities. Um, But again, you have to make sure that um, the students need to be trained how to use it. Otherwise, it's not very helpful. You know, the tool is only useful if uh, you have the proper training and guidelines to use uh, said platform or tool, right?
2: Exactly. In the Leading Lines podcast, they actually mentioned um, the teacher teaches At the fifth grade level she taught at kindergarten and then she also teaches at the college level and she said the same thing was true for all of her students they all have to be taught how to be safe online they need reminders and then they also need to be taught how to find information and navigate through what's good news uh, what's misinformation what's disinformation
0: and i think that's a responsibility that we have to take on as teachers when we're deciding to utilize social media in the classroom because a lot of the times there aren't extensive trainings on these things. We have to teach ourselves. We go on YouTube, you know, we go on Reddit, we figure it out. You know, uh, my district right now is not utilizing Google classroom. They're using, they're using Schoology and they keep saying, yeah, we'll give you a training. Yeah. We'll give you a training. We're a quarter in and there's been no training. So you know, to get our students to responsibly utilize social media, we first have to understand how to utilize social media and show them. So I think that might also be a big roadblock because like you said, Stephanie, you know, you introduce Google Classroom to your students without modeling first, but you wouldn't have known to model unless someone had shown you first.
2: I couldn't agree more. I think it really does start with us. We are ultimately the role models and the influences. So we have to really take that role serious and examine our own practices before we bring it into the classroom. And speaking of, I think now would be a good time to talk about uh, how we can use social media to, um, through specific contents. So Art, would you like to speak on that, Matthew?
1: Um, Yeah, so I am uh, becoming an art teacher, so I think I can uh, comment on this one. obviously first one that comes to mind is, uh, Instagram. I think Instagram has been, uh, tremendous. And I know that it has been used in some classes, um, to, uh, foster creativity in students, um, and things like, um, Vimeo for videos and Flickr to upload photo albums. Um, all these things, I, I even used these things back when I was in, um, high school and even in college. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think this has been huge for education to really like get so much content out there. Um, and especially for um, students that are doing photography and videography, um, it really exposes you to a lot of new art, art forms, types of art, new ideas, help students be creative. Um, and it's really awesome for building your portfolio and, you know, showcasing your, your artwork to other artists, other students, um, you know, to colleges for applications. Um, and, uh, and yeah, it connects, it connects you to, um, other people outside of the clap, uh, out of the classroom as well, um, which is really, really cool. So I think it's been a huge benefit. I don't think there has been too many, uh, downsides. Um, and it's, it's kind of, you know, created uh, let's say an explosion in, uh, popularity of photography now. So many people are doing photography thanks to Instagram. Um, so it really it was a paradigm shift. It really changed the game and it it did in the classroom as well, for sure.
0: I love what you're talking about here with connecting to people outside of the classroom. So that talks about like what Tang and Hugh were talking about with the learner-to-learner communication that they found through Twitter, which not just through Twitter, like you're talking about Instagram and stuff like that. So I think that's so important that these social media platforms allow our students to not only talk to to each other, but seek outside information and talk to people outside about those same topics that it shows them um, maybe experts, but also just different points of view.
2: Exactly. As a newer teacher, I find myself um, going to Reddit and Facebook just to gain insight from people who are more experienced in the area. And I've found that some of the stuff I've learned online from these forums have been more beneficial to me than like PD activities that are required of me in school.
0: So I think social media can definitely, like I think we can all agree that social media can be a tool that we can use in the classroom but it has to be done responsibly and effectively for it to work.
1: Exactly. Absolutely.
0: Okay, so this was a really great conversation. So I'm excited to hear like what our other peers have to say about it. And I'll see you all later.
1: All right, guys, good chatting.
0: Great talking, bye. Bye. Bye.